wires, all that stuff. Right. But let's not, yeah, let's not put a damper on the episode. Let's talk <laughs> about Dread. Yes. Yes. Uh, a movie I honestly have not seen since I believe we watched it in theaters. Well, um, I, I, I don't Or did wanna... we see it in theaters? I don't remember. That's the thing. I watched it in theaters. <laughs> did I, I know... do it as well? I I don't know. You didn't watch it with me at least. Maybe you watched it with someone else. I don't know. But you didn't watch it with me. <sighs> um, but yeah, I saw it because... Uh, yeah, I I'd read some about it. Um, I was I was like a... A very casual fan of Judge Dredd. I had read very few comics, you know. I'd played the Dredd vs. Dead Death game. But that was about it. Um, but I was a fan of Carl Urban. Um, unfortunately, mainly for his role as the bad guy in um, The Chronicles of Riddick. Yes? Right. I am a fan of The Chronicles of Riddick. It's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Do with that information what you will. But that's why I went and saw Dread. I was like, "Oh right, Carl Urban's gonna play Judge Dread. It's gonna be awesome." And um, yeah, I watched it, and it was fucking awesome. Uh, See, that's what I remember too from the first time I watched it. If I watched it in theaters, I don't know. I think I did. Was it released in like three D or something, or is that just a memory I have? No, it was released in three D. Um, so I must have seen it in theaters because I know I saw it in three D. Yeah, but I also bought the three D Blu Ray, so you might have seen it in three D uh, at home. Oh, that's right, because you had three D shit for a while. Okay, yeah, well, I, st- uh, I still do. I still haven't thrown out my old three D TV, and I probably will oh, never true. because you can't that's buy any three D TVs anymore. Um, so maybe well, whatever. <clears throat> Either way, I remember seeing it and going, wow, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. This looks cool as hell. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, just just, just talk, not even talking about it as a Judge Dredd thing, product, you know. It is just a straight up awesome action movie. Oh, yeah. It is, it is, it is hard boiled. It is violent as hell. There is a, there's an emphasis on action. I mean, the, the story revolves basically around a bunch of action scenes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have you have amazing music uh, accompanying yes. the, the violence. It is, it is just... It is just... It is an action it's... movie distilled onto, into its very, like, fundamentals. It is nothing but action. Yeah. And not like... I mean, there's movies, of course, like, with more action scenes. I mean... Just a couple of years later, you had uh, the first John Wick, which I think have oh. more action scenes. But I would still say... And that... more story. <laughs> more story, of course, yeah. But that's the thing. Judge Dredd, or Dredd, sorry. Judge Dredd is a very different movie, um, which we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about in our Patreon episode, but more on that later. Um, Dredd. Dredd is still more of a like pure action movie somehow. Yes, um, because there's there's no um, like emotion behind the action or, and the violence. There's no, I mean, there's law. That's the only reason. There's no like yeah. reasoning for them to be like seeking out people to hurt them or whatever. This is purely bad guy versus good guy. Yeah. Um, and and also the fact there's no like the 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 action isn't other than the slow motion, which is you know very beautiful. Um, but oh, there, yes. the action isn't showy either. It is just. Like <coughs> violent somehow. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's plain and simple in the same way. 
Yeah. And it, in and in that becomes pretty fucking you know beautiful if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, but let, let let's um. I don't know. Well, that, I mean, that's it. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. There's definitely more to talk about here. Um, first of all, you obviously very much loved it still. Oh yes, yes. I watched. Yeah, like, I watched it the other day. Um, I gave it a, a a a perfect five out of five on um on on Letterboxd. Like this is, this is this is cinema at its at its best for me. Yeah. No, I wouldn't give it five out of five though. It's still high up there because it is. We're going back to the roots here. It's pure entertainment. Yes. Um, you can't try and like find deeper meanings behind things or whatever. There, there's no, no. There's nothing like that. Don't. I mean, there's some, but it's yeah. It's not what it's there for. You have the whole uh, police brutality things, and you know, corrupt police, and you have drugs and shit, obviously. But it it's more or less just entertainment. It's action. Yes, and that, that yeah, that's the thing. Like it is that it's definitely. You can you can enjoy it on a on a pure like surface level watching like it is just yes. awesome action. You um, don't have to understand all the the plots and and then the the details and stuff to to en- enjoy it. No, absolutely not. It is it is just it can just be dumb fun. Yes. But there is also you know there is more there. Um, which, sure. But it never and that's the thing it never gets in the way of the action. No, um, you have you have of course, yeah. With without like wagging a finger in your face, really, you have yes, uh, a story, of, um, a themes of yeah, police brutality or like a, a martial law in general, like how mm-hmm. how how um, how it's an it's an evil it's a do you call it evil circle? We call it uncircle in Swedish. It's vicious circle. Bad circle. No, no, it's a vicious, vicious circle. It's a vicious yeah. circle where where uh, you know <laughs> vi- cr- 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 crime breeds you know. Uh, har- harsher more crime basically <laughs> yeah more more crime but also um a st- stricter police force which in terms then creates more crime um and uh, and mega city 1 because this, this is you know it's a post apocalyptic movie where the uh, i think the the story in um the comic books is that it was like nuclear nuclear war which basically like destroyed earth so there's only oh. these there's only these mega cities left where, where like domed cities where people live and there're like 800 million people in, in 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 these little cities and the movie takes place in mega city 1 which is like the east coast of America yeah um and um yeah it's it's a it's both a lawless land where where crime is rampant that has then also created this super brutal police force with the dreads or the the, the judges. The judges. Sorry. Yeah, judges. <laughs> um, that are literally judge, jury, and executioner all all at once. Yes. Um, so while they like they say and mention the movie, while they can only respond to about six percent of the actual crimes being being reported, those those six percent <laughs> will be will be dealt with harshly. Oh yes. Maybe a bit too harshly. Yes, yes, and that's the whole point of the movie. Yes, that um, uh, that you know, you know, both like lawlessness, criminality run rampant, will um, yeah, w- will will throw a city into ruin, but also you know, 
um, martial law or, or police br- br- police force running rampant will also you know it will it will throw society into ruin because yeah it is it is it's it's unlivable you can't have extremes and you have exactly. both extremes in you this have extremes, case yeah you have both extremes here um so when 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 you when you literally can get like five five years in prison for you know illegal possession for you know some rent illegal possession of anything not even narcotics you just be like oh you don't have a license i know in the in the comic book and in the video games there's like a six month uh, jail sentence for illegal possession of unregistered pet oh lord yeah that was the whole thing you, you can arrest you, in that game whenever you're out in like the streets you can arrest <coughs> everyone because everyone has done something yeah i mean they show it in the movie dread tells the homeless guy yeah, vagrancy. I mean, if you're not, weeks in ISO you can't, you can't sit there. You gotta, gotta find a home, or you're going to prison. <laughs> yeah. So, and another perfect example of that is, um, because the sentences are so harsh, criminals will rather try to kill the judges than take yes. their sentences, because you know that's better. Because than... a lot of the sentences, if it's really severe, will be death. On the scene. <laughs> exactly. So you see how, how violence breeds more violence. Yeah. Even if it's justified or not, you know. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's like an underlying theme of the movie. Um, yeah, sure. But it's never... Uh, it never chooses a side. It's never like, well, the criminals are just, you know... They're, it's not like, a, it's not like a, a Pirates of the Caribbean, where the pirates... The criminals are still, you know, the freedom fighters, the the ones we root for against the tyrannical East no, India Company. Because everyone is extreme in this case, yeah. except for I guess the rookie Anderson. She's a little bit of a of a in between. Yes, and she's of course the avatar for the audience, someone who who yes. can, who can see in nuance. Everything isn't just black and white like it is with Mama and exactly. uh, Dread. Um. And that's why we have that character. But yeah, I was gonna say also. So yeah, the 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 movie never sides <laughs> either with the criminals or with the police. I mean, no. I guess technically with bit. the police because in the end, law triumphs over criminals. Still, sure, but they do also point out that you know the police are bad as well because half of them are corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, no, no, but not only that, like. Corruption, I, I, the corruption is just, yeah, just showing that the crime is everywhere, even in the, uh, the Hall of Justice. But just showing how, 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 absol- how absolutist and brutal the police are. Um, oh, yeah, showing okay, that yeah. it won't, like, that. Uh, like it's, it's not a sustainable environment. Yeah. Um, but yes... We have the character of Judge Anderson, which I thought they invented for the movie, but turns out that's actually like its own character in the comics, and even has she even has her own comics later on. Um, I've never read any oh, of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because she's at least not to be like rude to Carl Urban, but his character is kind of boring. There's not much to him. <laughs> No, not in this movie at least no, probably if you true. read the comics or play the games there's more to him there's more to him and they hint at more going on with him this is this is obviously um like was supposed to be like the 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 setup the first for, for a franchise yeah definitely yeah. obviously um but since people don't have you know <laughs> tastes they they went and saw fucking uh, avengers instead of this 
So that's why we live in the the dystopian times we live in now, where we never got (coughs) Dread 2, but we have 48,000 Marvel movies. Anyway, sorry. Wait, sorry. Which comic is Dread from? Like, is it like Dark Horse or something? Ah, shit. Because it's not Marvel, obviously. It's not DC, right? I know the actual... The actual comic isn't called Judge Dredd. It's called like 2000 AD or something like that. Right. Um, let's see if it says here somewhere. No, it doesn't. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know who who um, who publishes it, but I know that the comic book is actually called. Hold on, I I have I have some. Let me let me go get them. one second. Some of these like complete case files, uh, collections of, of comic books. Not that you can oh, see that's it. Right. <laughs> um so the yeah, the actual comic book is called two thousand AD. And it's uh, well, uh the, the wiki just says it's a it's a British ve- weekly anthology comic. Yeah. Yeah, huh. this only says that the the, the publisher for the uh, for this collection is uh, Rebellion. Which is actually a video game company, which I think is funny. I know that they made the video game, Dread vs. Death. So maybe they bought the rights to it? I don't know. Either way. Either way. No, I was just curious, because if, if it's... Obviously, unfortunately, Marvel, the big known name, will be the one that gets their movies more popular. Yeah. That's just what I was trying to get to. So it's a, it's a shame. Perhaps if a bigger company picked up this, it would have. I don't know. Actually, who released this? No, I don't even know who released it. The movie? It. Yeah. Um, uh, the movie is... Because uh, it wasn't like 20th Century Fox or anything, right? No. The production companies... I want to see who... Yeah, who... Um, <coughs> the production companies are DNA Films and Peach Trees, which, you know, that's just for the, the movie. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't so I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It's just. It's just a shame that the wrong people, not the right people, picked it up. Basically. Well, it's also that's you know that's the that's a classic gift and curse because <laughs> if this was picked up by Universal or you know, oh, it God forbid, Disney, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, exactly. No. it would not have been this bloody. You would no. not have a hundred plus casualties. Exactly. I uh, I think someone I read somewhere like 102, 107 or something. There's a lot of dead people. Yes, There's a lot of dead lot people, of dead in, this people movie. in this movie. Um, <laughs> it was released. It was distributed by um, entertainment film dis- distributors in United Kingdom. Never heard of them. No. And then no. United International Pictures (UIP), which I think is like a sh- offshoot of Sony, I think. Uh, but that's for for South Africa. So I don't know for the rest of the world. But I'm, I know UIP releases movies in Sweden. So maybe maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe. Um. Anyway, no, and it, it wouldn't have been the same. Like I said, it wouldn't have the same kill count. It wouldn't have the same blood splatter everywhere. I mean, the slow motion scenes when they shoot people and you see the bullets go through bodies. Yeah, they wouldn't have had. They wouldn't have been able to do that. They probably wouldn't even had like the kids. Um, I don't. I don't remember when in the movie when the two boys. Coming like, yeah, we're gonna kill you, judges, because we wanna be cool. Yeah. They would probably wouldn't be able to shoot because that wouldn't have been allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh <coughs> so half of the half of the soul of the movie would have to- totally disappeared. Yes, it is a gift and a curse. Exactly. Um We do however have some despite being a smaller, I guess, not well it's not a small production, but you know, a lesser known production. Yeah. We have some great actors. Cuz Carl Urban does a lot with the helmet on. Yes, and that's something we should talk about <laughs> first first of all. Um, in the comics, uh, Judge Dredd almost never takes the helmet off. It's like a big thing if it happens. Um, and you usually, yeah. usually don't see his face then. Um, which was, when they made the first Judge Dredd movie, once again, <coughs> we'll talk briefly about it here, uh, in 95 with Sylvester Stallone, I think he has the helmet on for like 10 minutes, and then the rest of the movie it's just off because, you know... Sylvester Stallone, you gotta show his face. You know he's the big star. Yeah, that's that's the money maker. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, which goes completely against you know the whole point of Dread. He he's like a faceless character. He is this this anonymous. He is just the force. law. Yeah, he's the law. It's like Michael Myers. Like taking off the mask of Michael Myers ruins it because he's supposed to be the embodiment of evil. If he's just yeah. a guy, then it's not scary. If Judge Dredd is just a guy, guy, it's annoying. And it's not scary, exactly. Um, So I I love the fact that he uh, kept the the, the helmet on for the entire movie. There's one, there's one, like, profile shadow shot of him putting the helmet on in the beginning. Right. That's it. Like, after that, you don't see his face. You don't see it in that scene either, but he never takes the helmet off. Um, Which I know was like a, a. it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I know there's like a big gap in between, but he kind of became not at his big... He, I don't think he never ever had like a big breakthrough. Because when he you made this... Urban, specifically. Yeah, when he made this, he, he was already like a known actor. Um, I guess his big break would be uh, The Two Towers, when he plays... Uh, <coughs> Ah, uh, the, the the cousin Eomer. Of, uh, Eomer, thank you. He's the like leader of the riders of Rohirrim. The guy who gets uh, exiled. Um, I was exiled. I was about. To, I was about. To, uh, I was about to say evicted, but that's not the word. Yeah, no, exiled. Yeah. And like for for <laughs> for most of Return of the King, he has that helmet on, so you can't really see him. Um, yeah. And um, the 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 movie he shot after that was Chronicles of Riddick, where he wears like a. a a completely face-covering mask. And right. in the commentary track for Chronicles of Riddick, because yes, I own the two-disc collector's edition, <laughs> <laughs> um, he talks specifically about like wanting to make a movie where his face wasn't covered all the time. Yeah, because he made three mo- movies in a row where he's covering his face. Yeah, well, two movies. He's not in the first one. Well, He's in The Two Towers and The Return of the King. Yeah, that's two movies. You had three movies. Yeah, and then Riddick. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but in, in The Crown's Riddick, then, um, the, the director, like, specifically shot a scene where you see him remove the helmet so that oh, after right. that he doesn't have to wear the helmet. But then, like, yeah, he made some movies between that, because that was, like, 2004, I think. So he made yes. some movies. Uh, of course, he was he played Bones in the in the Star Trek uh, remake or reboot or whatever you want yeah. call it. Those fucking J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Um, but then his next big project, of course, was Dread, where he once again got to wear a fucking helmet for the entire movie. But he did it. He took it like a champion, which I which I applaud. And, you know, he gets to 
kind of like kind of like Tom Hardy can only use his eyes when playing Bane, but does so much with his eyes. Um, Carl Urban does so much with just his voice and his mouth in um, in Dread. Like he is. Yeah, just looking at the first picture that comes up when when you're on IMDb when he's standing in front of the new, of the new American flag, you can just he does the upside down super frown. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the, the to show his distaste. Yeah, which is of course that's the classic Judge Dredd uh, look. The yeah, super the super frown. Yeah, <coughs> just like showing distaste to everything. Like everything's just terrible. Yeah, because in his eyes it is. Every- yeah, because everyone's a criminal for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he is the law. He can't stand for that. Exactly. Um, but then we also have. Alina Haiti, Haiti, Haiti. How do you say her name? I think it's Haiti, Haiti, Haiti. Whatever. Yeah. Doing Mama. Yeah. Oh, she was so badass in this. Yes, she. If anyone's a little one note, it's her because she doesn't have a lot of screen well, yeah. time. No. Um, but and the one, the few times she does, she is literally just barking orders. Yes. But there, there also, uh, we have some interesting like juxtaposition when it comes to good guys and bad guys. Because in any other movie, her character would be like a, I don't know if that's a neg- has negative connotation, but she was be she would be like a girl boss, like she yes. she she um she worked herself up from being like a sex trafficked uh, uh, woman to being the the boss of the biggest gang in town. Like uh, she uh, she she has initiative, um, and uh, you know what's it called? Shit. There's a word for it. Anyway, you know, she she takes what she wants. Um, you know, she's a girl boss basically. Yeah. The problem is she's also a ruthless psychopathic killer. Yes. Um, but we but but because of you know we, we get we get her backstory over scar and everything, so you kind of have sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. Um, because of where she came from, being like a sex slave. Um, but so so. In a small way, you kind of want her to succeed, but then she does such heinous things during the movie that you're like, ah, f- damn it! <laughs> I guess I'm on Dread's side now. You know, <laughs> there's once again um, that that whole yeah. that whole thing that there's really no good guys or bad guys here. Like, but yeah, she was again. She was just born from the evil. Yeah, like, she it's was not a- her fault that she ended up here really but she took what she had and just made the best out of it which unfortunately turned out to be the criminal way but you know yeah um i i, <laughs> I like that you use the term girl boss because she is she is literally a girl, gr- a girl boss, boss yeah. technically which yes it has a bit of a negative connotations today cuz it's a bit much yeah the way that has been used but she is apparently according to the trivia here uh, originally, Mama was written as an elderly woman, but um, uh, Lena Hedy convinced Alex Garland to make her a middle-aged person with a male hater personality. <laughs> a male hater? A hating? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Male hater, as in she hates men. That's kind of funny, which though, I kind of find funny though, because her... everyone she works with is a man. Yeah, there's no women in her gang. But that's where she breaks the girl boss thing. If she'd only had women, that would have been girl boss one hundred percent, and I would have hated it. Yeah, she yeah. hates men so much that she is allowing them to work underneath her. 
Yeah, I guess that would be it. Um, and do her biddings. Yeah. Her dirty deeds. Yeah, and and I and I guess also, like, if if you want to look at it from like a a a, a gender perspective, and and you know, once again, kind of um, uh, de- defying expectations. Like, yeah, of course, you know, it would be super empowering for her to only hire women. But honestly, like, like they wouldn't succeed. Exactly. If you if you hire a bunch of giant strong guys, you know, you're gonna. <laughs> You, you, you're just gonna do better, I'm sorry. Odds are you'll find more dudes who are strong than you'll find girls. Exactly. That are able and willing to do what her guys are doing for her. Yeah. Then, I don't know how she convinced them, but, you know, she's probably scary enough. Yeah. I mean, just looking at her, she's pretty fucking scary. Yeah, and that, yeah like, I mean, her, her, her story of how she... She got free from her pimp. That's that's scary yeah. enough for you to like. I'm not gonna mess with her. <laughs> exactly. Um, we should we should also briefly mention the plot just so we have that because we haven't done that yet. But it's also it's very very simple. Um, oh, yes. so go ahead. Let's just go through that so you know who Mama is and who Judge Dredd <laughs> is and Judge Anderson. This is basically just a day in the life of Judge Dredd. He yes. he puts on his uniform in the beginning of the day and is told by the the Chief of Justice, his boss. Um, that he's gonna take a rookie on uh, for the day to do an evaluation. Um, beca- that is Judge Anderson or Anderson because he's not a judge yet. Because um, you know she she barely passed or technically didn't pass the um, the test, but she has like super strong psycho uh, uh, well psychic abilities. telepathic psychic abilities. Yeah, yeah. So she can be very useful. So. Even though she failed the test, technically, they're giving her, like, a one-day trial, basically. Um, yeah. So she has to tag along with Dredd um, as he investigates... Well, she picks the crime, but investigates a triple homicide at one of the megastructures where people live, called Peach Trees. Which happens to be... Yeah, Peach Tree. And, of course, yeah, uh, the, the triple homicide are three drug dealers who were dealing outside of their turf. They were on Mama's turf. So she skinned them and threw them off the two hundred uh, level of peach trees of the mega building. So and that's yeah. so that, that's the plot. Um, Dredd, and they're there to investigate. Yeah, yeah. Dredd and Anderson first f- has to find out who did it, which they quickly do. It's Mama, and Mama then uh, in another. <coughs> well, sh- they find out who specifically did it. Yeah, uh, the What's one his guy, name? like Key or something, something like that. Um, I'm pretty sure there were more of them. I don't think he skinned them himself, but yeah, he was No, there. but he skinned one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mama shuts down the entire building with her supercomputer hacker, um, and uh, which we'll, we'll talk about later, because that's... Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, what's the actor's name? Gleason? Donald Gleason, right. Donald Gleason. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't recognize him? Yeah, no, no, I did. I okay. just couldn't remember okay. his first name. <laughs> um... Yeah, he 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 puts the building into war protocol, so he shuts down, uh, you know, and and uh, you know closes all the doors. So now Dread is stuck in there with hundreds of of goons trying to. Kill it's him. literally like a bomb shelter, just locked down for war. Yeah, exactly. So now he has to get to the two hundredth floor and kill Mama to get out of there, or judge Mama first of all. Um, yes. For that, for which is. Uh, and then of course there's uh du- during that um. There is revelations that you know there's this new drug being distributed in the city 
called slow mo, where your brain re like it it makes your brain think everything goes in like super slow motion, like four percent of reality yeah. or something. Um, yeah, they find out that she's actually manufacturing it in this building in Peachtree's. Um, and we find out that she even has uh, you know other judges on her payroll. Mm-hmm. There's this once again showing how 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 deep. Uh, uh, the roots of criminality go even when you have this super strict police force. It doesn't matter. Like crime will always, you know, exist. Money yeah, will always exactly. It just it it just adds, get out on top. <laughs> yeah, it all it just adds to the theme. But the 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 basic gist of the movie is that Anderson and Dredd have to get from uh, ground floor to floor two hundred. That's it. Finding their way yeah. all, all the way up, and a bunch of action ensues. Yes, uh, until they reach the top, and you have. One of the one of the greatest one-liners in movie history, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, back to what we were talking about. We were talking about Lena Headey as the as the the mama character. Yeah, no, but she's an interesting character, and I I I can appreciate. First of all, she does a great job, in my opinion. Despite, I mean, she has a weird look. Yes. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's in the middle of her, uh, shooting Game of Thrones, I think. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, this, it's a, this might have been just before, I don't, I don't know when they shot Game of Thrones, but this might have been just before or just as they were starting to shoot Game of Thrones. Yeah. Something like that, probably. Yeah. So she is, she has these two badass women characters that she's playing, but one is, well, both of them are kind of psycho. <laughs> one of them is actually psycho. The other one is just... No, Quietly no. psycho. <laughs> Bo- both are both are psycho. I've seen that much. Yeah, of that's true. That's she true. Is, uh, Sh- Cersei is more composed insane. though. Oh, definitely. Yes, they're very different characters, <laughs> but they're both evil, evil psychopaths. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, so I found that a, a bit funny that she had those two roles at the same time, basically. Yeah, and this is also and she's a great actress in general. Yes, yes, of course. I, I of course. Became a fan of her when she played uh, Queen Gorgo in in uh, Three Hundred. Yes. Um. So I even before Game of Thrones, like I I I didn't like. Oh, it's Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. It was like, oh, it's Lena Headey from no, Three Hundred. No. <laughs> yes. No. Um. Because I didn't think he had even watched. No, I'd seen the first season of, of Game of Thrones at that point. Because it came out the year before. But either way. Um. Yeah. But I I. I gotta retract my statement saying that she's kind of a one-note character because now that I'm thinking about it, that's not really true. There is obvious, there is, well, yeah, she's not super deep and complex, but no. there are nuances to her character. Um, sure. Another thing where she, where you talk like she's a man hater, definitely comes up in how she like, um, a, a, a scene which shows both like her having sympathy for for women in her situation. Um, but also like just that, just uh, depriving her her goons, her men, uh, f- from what they want is the scene where they capture Judge Anderson. Ah, like uh, yes, yeah. They've hinted the whole movie because they're 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 dragging they they arrest after a drug bust on the thirty ninth floor. Dredd and Anderson are carrying or dragging along the the guy who did the skinning or was part of the skinning. K K, not K K. Um, and he keeps hinting at like, if I get out of these cuffs, I'm gonna do this and this and that to 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 you. Oh yeah, Anderson, yeah. Um, he even makes her like read his mind, and she so she can see what he's imagining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it's enough for her to get properly freaked out. So she, when she get cap when she gets captured, um, yeah, it, it's it gets it gets very dicey because there's a lot of guys yelling and pushing and shoving. And it's just like it's <laughs> yes, ve- that is a very uncomfortable scene. Um, it doesn't help yeah. that Olivia Thurlby, who plays um, uh, uh, Anderson, is very short, and everyone else is very tall. Yeah, she's she's a very small person compared <laughs> yeah. to everyone else yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, but in that, which scene, I guess is a it's a choice to be honest. Yes, but in that scene, then um, Mama has shown zero uh, compassion for anyone, anyone in this movie other than herself. Uh, no one has. She's no, nah, she has. She has one line where she goes. <clears throat> I'll give you this one chance to get out of our way. Anyone who's in the way or will help the judges will get killed, but if you stay out of our way, we won't hurt you. Yeah. She doesn't say that when she locks down the tower, but that's about I wouldn't it. call that compassion. That's just, uh, you know... Waste, yeah, maybe not want to waste bullets, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, But then there is that one scene where, yeah, it would just be easy for to let the guys, you know, do their thing and kill her later. Much, much later, probably. But she, you know, of course, recognizes what what's gonna happen to her. Yeah, because she's probably had that happen to herself when she was a prostitute or a sex slave. Someone actually says something as well. I think if I don't remember correctly, probably just like how you know shouts it in the background, going, "Oh yeah, I know what I'm gonna do" or something. Yes, and she then, of course, she says, "There's gonna be no, there's gonna be no raping. There's gonna be no, you know, torture." Um, because we need this to look like just a regular crime, so nothing yes. but bullets to the head and chest. She mentions, and her ex- yeah. her excuse is like, "Yeah, we don't want to draw attention to it, like we were, um, you know, deliberately uh, um, torturing, torturing or yeah. keeping a judge." Yeah, but I, it's it's I, I, for me at least, it's pretty obvious that as much as she hates the judges, she knows that the the, the fate. Um, that awaits Anderson is worse than anything you can ever imagine. Um, Oh, yes. Like you say, you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy. Uh, And this is literally her worst enemy, a fucking judge. And still, she won't let them rape her. Yeah. Which is, that is the one instead, no, you can't rape her, you can just shoot her. (laughs) Which is, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a lot of compassion, but at least it's something. You know? Well, it is it is Deep down, it is a lot of compassion. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's still, you know, she still wants but, her dad. But she still, you know, yeah, you know. obviously, she can't just let her go. That doesn't work. No, no. that she'll because then she'll show weakness, and that doesn't work either. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, then also depriving because all the guys for some reason are just fully into rape, and she's just, I'm not gonna let them have it. You know, yeah, it's, it's a double, it's a double sided uh, thing like that. Yes. And that is interesting, but you know, so there is, there are, there aren't a lot of more moments like that. But I think that is a very telling moment in the movie for her character. How she like, she she's a super cold and uncaring person. But then there is that little like, yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna let them do it. I don't, I don't care if it's a judge. They're not gonna, they're not gonna do that to her. Which yeah, because nice. we only, the other times we do see her like do anything, we see. Well, I mean, obviously she orders the skinning and killing of the first three guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, no compassion there. It's not like, well, no compassion we're going we're gonna to let you go with a warning. No, no, no. You dealing drugs no, no. on you our turf. You fucked up once. We're going we're gonna to skin you alive, 
pump you full of slow mo so that your death is even slower in your mind, and then throw you and off then kill you. <laughs> the two hundredth story or level in a, in a building. Yeah, and we also get to see how she treats um, her tech guy. I don't. What is his name in the movie? I don't know. Is it Art? I don't know if he has a name. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Um, yeah. Because, um, wh- no, Clan Techie. That's all he is. Clan yeah. Techie. Okay, yeah. Because um, um, we get to see how he uh, lost his eyes in one memory. Yeah. Which is funny because they first <laughs> used that scene to show like uh, a random act of her being like brutal to show how she's, you know, dangerous. But yeah. then it turns out that's actually something she did to her own per- to her own guy, you know, her, her clan yeah. techie. Yeah, and how he's basically, you know, a prisoner there. Um, well, yeah. And he... There- if, he's, if, he, if he disobeys her, he dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there are, that's also something... Because we don't see a lot of, like, innocent people like that. Um, no. I mean, we see a bunch of people in the background, but we don't, we don't actually get to, like... They don't. They don't have lines. They don't really ha- have any part in the movie. The only people we see like that is the first girl in the in the like open the cold open of the movie. Um, that dread saves by going right. Shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Then of course is the medic. Um. I guess he counts, even though he refuses to help them later. <laughs> Because he's like, no, nah, you're on yeah. your own. I'm not going up against the Mama Clan. Which I understand, he's, but it's uh, also... He's, he's sort of neutral, but he's also, like... he got to save his own life. <laughs> yeah, because if he's neutral, he should help them. He should help both sides, not not, not help Well, them. he just... Yeah, okay, he's just refusing to help both sides instead. Exactly. Um, and then we have uh, the lady in the apartment where they go in. It turns out right. her husband is uh, was one of the guys they killed earlier. Uh, yeah, to... one of the first guys they shoot. Yeah, once again, just to add that element of humanity to Anderson, realizing, oh, I just executed someone's husband and father. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, but at that moment, it was just her executing a criminal. But then she says, yeah. oh, shit, they actually have... They're actually people. There's consequences yeah. to her actions. Yeah. And then there is the tech guy. Um, yes. Who she actually lets go, even though, yeah, she has been helping the Mama Clan. <coughs> but, like, she mentions in, in in that scene, I think, like, he he's as much a prisoner as anyone else. Yeah. Or a victim, I suppose. And also, she points out that she's not a judge, so... Yeah. By then, she's definitely not a judge, technically. Yeah, because it's, it's later in the movie when she has been uh, uh, captured by the clan, and they've, they've taken her gun and everything, which... Yeah, Lose she's it. broken so many codes. Yeah, losing your gun is an automatic fail. So, um, where Yeah, but that's that's the only scene where we see um one of the few scenes where we see Mama do anything other than just bark orders. She literally breaks his eyeballs so she can replace them with these like tech implant thingies. Yeah, which have like. I guess zoom function, like little yeah, cameras or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that guy is played by Donald Gleason. Um, yes. Before he, once again, I don't, I don't know if he's really like ever blown up, but he's definitely an actor no. that I I have come to appreciate more and more, um, watching movies he's made. Um, and it feels like it's such a. 
he's sort of like, well, I guess he blew up with The Last Jedi when he plays, um, and I, oh, well, he's in The Force Awakens as well, but um, he's the, 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 the yelly guy from The First Order. You know? Yeah, I don't. I, no, I don't remember. The, the, I don't remember. He's in any of the Star Wars movies. He's in the. <laughs> what's the? Uh, what's? I, I don't remember his. I, name. I remember him from the the two, three, two Harry Potter movies he's in. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Um, and Ex Machina. Yes, and uh, yeah, but I, what is he? Yeah, he's even... General Hux in Star Wars. Thank you, Force General Awakens. Hux. Right, right, right. Um. He's the guy. He's the guy who's yelling all the time. Yeah, I don't, don't remember, remember him? that character. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just think that he he has done a bunch of like interesting choices as an actor. Yeah, he started out in the Harry Potter movies as the oldest Weasley brother, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, he he went on to other than other than Star Wars, hasn't really made a lot of mainstream movies. Like he made this. He was in Ex Machina. Um, he was in something else. He does some some like random British productions. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I saw- some of them are like they're at least, at least names you recognize. They're movies you you see the poster somewhere if you go to cinemas at least. Um, but yeah, you kind of forget. You're like, oh, that's that guy. But unless you you were like us who watch movies all the time and remember names, you probably won't remember his name, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because he, he's, for what I've seen him in, he's pretty good. Yes, I don't. He's not. He's not <laughs> listed in the cast, um, or in the top cast, which I find really. No, strange. no, he's further, way further down. So once again, like it feels like he should be more of a notable name nowadays, but I guess he isn't. There he is. Don't I'm, listen. I'm actually having issues finding Dread on his list. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um. Oh, right, he's in Frank as well. That was Frank I was forgetting about. Yes. Um, and oh, he's I s- in that giant production of Anna Karenina from 2012 that I oh, never right. watched. Oh, and then I saw him. I watched a random like Netflix movie or random movie on Netflix called Crash Pad, where he plays like this loser stoner guy, um, which that movie wasn't great, but he was amazing in it. Um, nice. He is, yeah, he's he's uh, kind of like Carl Urban. He never yes. he never really had a big break, but most of the things he's in, he's great in. Yeah. Yeah. Including this where you he's yes. barely recognizable. Um <laughs> you really you really see how much of like a person's face is in his eyes because they change his eyes, the color of his eyes. Um that's basically it. Yeah, he's a little longer hair. And you can, I can yeah. barely recognize him in that role, which then also shows, of course, that he's a good actor to really sink into that role. Perhaps, perhaps that's why we don't recognize him because he becomes the character instead of just being an actor playing he's the character. A character actor, yeah, maybe that's it. yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was looking at, I was looking at the other because I don't recognize Olivia Thirlby. No, plays Anderson. I, know. I cannot say that I've seen her in anything other than this. No, I probably have, but I I didn't like pick it up that it that it is her. She hasn't done any like big stuff after this. I mean, you know, there's stuff she's been she's been in. She was in Juno before it. Uh, she's the best friend. <laughs> Juno's best friend. 
Oh. The girl is the girl in the 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 infamous scene. Yo, I'm pregnant. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah, I know. One of the worst scenes <laughs> right. in movie history. Um, I know that movie. Everyone loves the movie. I can't stand it. <laughs> no, I don't like it either. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, there's good there's good stuff in it, but in general, I can't stand that movie. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, she she's she she's done a lot of like smaller things and some TV. She went. She was in a few episodes of Bored to Death. That's a good show, though. So. There's that. I think her her big thing now is that she was in that Why the Last Man uh, TV show, but I don't know how I don't know how popular that was. I watched a little bit of it. Um, I I remember I mistook her for um another actress. What's her name? Not Anna Faris. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I don't know. You can. Uh, she doesn't remind me of anyone. I will say she looks better as blonde than she does in her profile <laughs> pic on, on IMDb. Not uh, her shade of hair. I guess she does. She does a pretty good job. I'm 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 honestly glad that she's doing things still because she has one in post production Oppenheimer and uh, one in filming. Yeah, that's true. She's in the new Nolan movie. That's a yes. Even if it's a small role, that's big. You know, being in a Nolan movie. I I. I got her mixed up with Selma Blair, if you remember her. Selma Blair? Wait, yeah. From uh, Cruel Intentions and the, the Hellboy movies. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I don't... Maybe. No, they don't, they don't really look... But at that time, no. I was like... Is that the girl from uh, Cruel Intentions? But no, it can't be. And it, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't really look alike. But yeah, I can sort of see how you could, I guess, yeah, mix them up. <laughs> Excuse me. We do have to talk. We we've talked about actors. We talked about the story, but the main the main thing for me in this movie is honestly the looks of it, the editing. Yeah. The the effects and then of course the music. Yes. Um, That's what sold me on this movie mostly cuz rewatching it I was not super psyched. I was like, yeah, this is action. I've seen this before. Like, cool, we see some blood. Yay. Back in 2012, yes, that would have been much more interesting. Nowadays we've seen this a lot. It's not as as jarring, I suppose, as it was back then. Yeah, and it was also uh I mentioned John Wick before uh because this came out two years before John Wick. Um, right. It was it was in it was in the time when action was kind of in a in a slump. The action genre was in a slump because you know yes. we had all the, we had all the great action of the eighties and like the first half of the nineties. You know all the the Schwarzenegger movies, Stallone movies, Van Damme, even Seagal movies. Some of them you can't deny it; they're great action movies. <laughs> um, but then there was the death in the in the in the two thousands, where you had the Matrix in ninety nine, yeah. and after that everyone tried to do the Matrix, which wasn't this. It, it's a great action movie. It has amazing action scenes, but you know it's more. It's kind of like when we talk about. That dreaded... it's, it's elevated action. Exactly. I was gonna say that, that <laughs> dreaded term, elevated horror. People try to make elevated action in the two thousands, and we kind of, uh, with, with with a few exceptions, of course, we didn't have that yeah. great slew of like fun, no. dumb action in the two thousands. 
There were some, of course. No. But, you know, we had more like adventure movies or thrillers and stuff like that. But then in 2014, and of course, there was always the B movies. There was always B action movies, but they weren't great. Yeah, you know? they're always going to be. They there. weren't in the mainstream. They weren't big productions. They were like shitty $10 million movies. But then we got John Wick in 2014, and it like it just rebirthed the action genre, and really like, yes. changed it up to have not just have people like oh I'm gonna shoot you, but no no, very very involved technical like complex action scenes with hand to hand combat, gun fu, and everything. There's choreography behind it. It's not just uh, shoot in that general direction and we'll edit it. Yeah. But just before that, so, so and that's I think that is why people don't when they talk about modern action movies, you, a lot of people forget about Dread because it came out just before John Wick. Yes. Um. But it came out there. We it came out just you know we there was another great action movie, but it's also one that gets forgotten because it's part of a franchise which people people in general don't like. The year before Dread, we had Fast and Furious Five. Which is oh, that's right, an amazing action movie, but it's 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 this it's in this niche franchise, Fast and Furious. Yes, so people don't. It's think also about a bit it. you you kind of forget you you see Fast and Furious as a whole. You don't see Fast and Furious as individual movies, exactly. Unfortunately, but for us the fans, we know that the fifth yes. one is still like in the like top three, uh, especially when it comes God. to action. The goddamn train sequence in that movie. Yeah, check out our episodes on that. Uh, yes. We have, I we think, have... we're three episodes on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We have like two giant episodes where we talk about the first eight movies, and then we have one for the ninth movie. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. Um, we talk more about that. But anyway, yeah. So and then we had Dread, which you know it was it was it was hailed for its action, but nobody Dread. nobody Dread. Yes. Yeah. Hailed, not failed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, hailed, yeah. But so few people saw it. And like we said, it came out in that time when people didn't really care about that kind of action. So we kind of got forgotten, which is sad. Because like we mentioned earlier in this episode, the action is amazing. Yes. I have a feeling that it's also a bit too brutal for 2012. Might be. Maybe a lot of people were a bit too sensitive to that because we haven't had... A lot of blood and gore on action. Like if you if you go to a horror film, you can sort of accept it because yeah. you're more or less yeah okay people are gonna die at least. In an action movie, I don't remember exactly, but I, f- I have a feeling you didn't have a lot of blood back then. No, even even R-rated action movies back then they weren't that gory. Like this is straight up yeah. gory sometimes. Even though the blood is very bright in this movie. Yeah. Because of the lighting, and it's a choice. And because it's, uh, like, 99% CGI. Yes. It's still a lot of blood and yes. a lot of gore. And those both disgusting and beautiful shots in slow motion, where bullets oh, yes. just go through people's cheeks and explode out on the other yeah, side. Yeah, with the stomach that ripples. Yeah, oh. yeah, there's a lot of, like, flesh moving yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because they want to show off the effect of slow mo, yeah, like really yes. show it off. And also, but also, I think really, uh, it's it's a great, it's a great way to work slow motion into your movie without just being slow motion. Yes, just like like bullet time. They give it a reset. Yeah, like bullet time was a thing in the Matrix because they were they were faster than normal human beings. That's why they could yeah. move in slow mo or. The world felt like slow motion, and here it is because yes. yeah, it's this drug going around making people move slowly. 
But it's also then a way Think to... Think that em- they are in slow motion. Yeah, it's also then also a way to emphasize the violence. And really point yes. out, like, yeah, these are these are policemen walking in t- doing a drug bust. But you know, we, we get to see in, in exquisite detail how they just <laughs> shoot people on sight. Like, yeah. once again, adding to that theme of brutality. And you're like, eh, something's off about this. You know? And- but the best utilization of that slow-mo thing is, is the last kill. Yeah. Oh, and Which, we, spoilers, when we, they kill Mama. Yeah, we, we gotta talk about that whole sequence, because I mentioned the greatest one-liner in movie history is in that movie. Or in that scene. You know what, let's get into it. But before that, we gotta mention, because we've talked a lot about how how, how the, the, the plot is very simple, but how they still manage to work in, in little little scenes, little details, little world-building, work in, you know, the, the theme of brutality and the theme of, you know, how violence yes. breeds more violence, no matter yeah. if it's justified or not. And that is because this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't just some random guy who wrote this. You have the director is kind of a random guy. Because I don't think I've ever seen him, uh, anything else he's made. Pete Travis directed this. He's done, yeah, just random stuff after this. A lot of TV and just movies you haven't really thought of or watched even. I just saw Endgame and went, hold up. Yeah, no, 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 it's not that <laughs> Not that Endgame. That's another Endgame, yeah. <laughs> but the movie is written by Alex Garland. Yes. Yeah. This was... Amazing writer. Yes, who was, in the in the more recent time, written some of my, my, my favorite movies. Um, but, but, you know, he had, like, he had his, like, his... Big break, of course. You know he's he's written he's written he's written books and stuff. I think he started out as an as an author, but then he wrote, um, or I, I think he was involved in the writing of the beach, which was a big breakthrough yes. for him. And then, to- well, he wrote the novel. It seems. Yeah, so maybe he wasn't involved in the script, but he's mentioned, of course. Um, but then, of course, twenty eight days later, and sunshine. Um, he yes. worked on. And then I didn't know this, but that's. Holy shit! Once again, just makes me love him more as a, as a writer. He wrote the story for the video game Enslaved: Odyssey to the West, which has one of the best video game like stories ever. Yes. Um, but then, of course, he wrote Ex Machina, which it's a movie that gives me nightmares. But I can't deny that it isn't a very well written movie. Oh, it's it's an amazing. Uh, yeah, I know you hate again. Check out the episode. Check out the of that. episode. We did it yeah. way back, but still. Um, and of course, a- then he he adapted the novel uh, Annihilation for the Netflix movie with uh, Natalie Portman. Right. Yes. Once again, an amazing script. And then um, the 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 one the one movie that nobody seems to understand is a fucking masterpiece. He wrote Men this year. <laughs> yes. And of course, the the miniseries Devs, which except for the the end twist, is brilliant. Still haven't finished it. So. I know, I know, I know. But then in the middle of all this, he just, oh, I'm just going to write this stupid action movie, Dread, which is about a guy yes. just killing people. I I looked at the the, um, uh, the trivia, and it's mentioned somewhere that he and the, the original writer for Dread, like, talked about it, and they sort of wrote it together. Yeah. It's also apparently... Um, according to uh, an interview for Joblo.com, Carl yeah. um, Urban re- 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 revealed that Dread was actually directed by Alex Garland as well. 
Oh, really? Which explains why Pete Travis did not promote the film at all. But he's not credited for it. Because Pete, okay. Pete Travis is actually so credited it's, it's, for it. It's like one of the, but why, why was it Pete Travis directing it? Does it say that? No. No, not really. Weird. So, I don't know how... That's just from that interview. Eh. Take it with a grain of salt, maybe. I don't yeah. know. But it does, it, it does sort of make sense, because I don't know who this Pete Travis dude is. If he, if he did direct this, he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Oh, yes. But and it we, and does we... feel a little bit like an Alex Garland thing, though, to be honest. Yes, that's what I mean, because it, yeah, it... On on one hand, it's like, whoa, he just wrote this dumb action movie. But then there are those little things where he throws in the themes and and uh, yes. the little moments, which which makes it feel like yeah, like an Alex Garland movie. I gotta say, it does not feel like his style of directing though. Um, I, bits and pieces of it. Maybe summer, but I've never. Mainly, I think it's because I've never seen him direct action before or since. Yeah, probably not like this at least. Um. I'm just trying to see if I could find something about that on on Wikipedia, but it doesn't say anything. Uh, no. Ooh. But I did... <laughs> again, something I should have known before this, but Anthony Don Mantle is actually the guy who was a cinematographer in the movie, and he's, he uh, has done some beautiful movies, so that makes sense now, having seen, uh, yeah. having seen this movie. Um... But yeah, so that's, that's that's what I wanted to mention. Like that's why this movie, I think, um, feels like elevated. It's not just <laughs> yes, because they had a guy who knows how to write like a proper story, not just you know, oh, guy jumps, guy shoots, guy does a cowboy role. Now he knows how to write a compelling story and compelling characters. Which yes. which that that should really be the way you write every movie. It, it doesn't matter if you're doing like a an action movie. Or you're doing a, a a comedy or something that you know, quote unquote, dumb. Yeah. Get a, get a smart guy or girl to write it, and you can you can make it dumb, but just let them put their stuff in there. You know, smart person. A smart person. A smart <laughs> writer. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then you will get you will get uh, a a perfect movie like Dread, which is both dumb entertainment, but also makes you think a little bit. You know, makes you think. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, just to then round out where where I think the the ending is um, c- kind of kind of uh, works on both those levels. It's, bo- it's both dumb, but it's also once again makes you think a little bit because it ends, of course, with them reaching Mama's lair or whatever yes. up on level two hundred, where she uh, she de- she makes her last stand by uh, uh, making herself the the tr- a dead man's trigger for for a bomb. Classic, like, you can't kill me. If I die, the entire building explodes. Ha ha, Batman. Yes. It's very dastardly. Um, but, and, and, and he, he, here's where, like, the, the, uh, the character of Dread really, like, really shines. Because Mama has, has at, at, at this point, she has, you know, committed so many crimes. Um, oh yes! Like, like obviously, if we find out she's not just like a murderer. She's a drug kingpin. She's a she's a she's a slave trader, basically, with, with you know the clan <laughs> taking everything. Um, she's tried to. Uh, she's 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 murdered so many people. She's this despicable human. But when he grabs her, he he only sentences her for the triple homicide in the beginning, 
Like, which was the original crime they were there to, to investigate. And, yes. of course, the attempted murder of a judge, with, you know, when she shoots her yeah. at him with a minigun. He doesn't he doesn't care about the rest because all he needs is to to uh, arrest her for that, which is it's it's just like the rest of the movie didn't happen. It's not like on the way up there he's had this profound change where like oh I'm not just fighting for the law I'm fighting for you know a, no he's just he's just there to arrest her for that original crime that's it. <laughs> and he, <laughs> the only thing that maybe makes where he like gets personal is when he injects her with slow mo before killing her. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's it because that's where he's just that's like, a bit, he's a so bit of a fucking angry vendetta. Yeah. yeah. And he then just he just grabs her by the neck and shoves her through the window. Um, she falls to her death two hundred floors down in slow motion, at which yes. point, and we. We see that we see the whole thing happening in slow motion. Most of the thing happening in slow motion. Yeah, and what I, what I think is very like, cool, but also creepy, is the fact that Mama doesn't seem to care. Because I think, in a way, she's kind of happy that this this life she's made yeah, herself she's... is over. Maybe it wasn't the way she wanted it to end, but you know she doesn't have to suffer. It's also anymore. one of the few ways she could have ended it. It's either die yeah. by judge, die by her goons, or I mean, hopefully die of old age. But then she'll have to die with regrets, probably. Yeah. So there is there is definite there is a lot going on in her face oh, in yes. that scene, and then we see her just la- the the camera being the ground. We just see her ex- yes. her face. Literally explode open. in slow motion. It's so disgusting. And the very nice detail there is that the blood f- gushing from her head as it opens up forms a perfect X. Yeah. Mimicking Dred's, well, the judge's helmets with the X thing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> after all this, um, the <laughs> you think you think we're going to get like a big speech or anything, but Judge Dredd just stands up there. All he says, because... Yeah, she also says, like, oh, this, if I die, this will trigger a bomb or blow everything. And he's like, when he, do you think, you think it can go through 200 floors of, of concrete? The thing, the thing blinks out, the bomb doesn't go off, so the entire building is safe, which, you know, big gamble on his part. He could have, he could have killed oh, yes. thousands of people, or, yeah, thousands of people, including himself. Yes. But he was just like, no, the law is more important. <laughs> but yeah, the bomb doesn't go off, and all he says is, yeah. And then he leaves. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god! It's so good! There's no, like, big booyah bitch or anything. No, he just... Yeah. That's it. And the movie's over, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think we get one more line from him in the entire movie when he walks out and the, the chief judge goes like, well, how did she do? And he's like, she's good. Yeah. And then he walks off. Cause, yeah, because Anderson... Uh, gives him her badge because yeah, she failed obviously on several occasions. Yeah. Uh, based on the rules she was given by him, um, he doesn't say anything to her. But then yeah, when the chief justice walks up to him and he asks how she did, you know yeah, he where then that's where you can see some growth in him. Like if this had been any other like th- this was any other day, but you know it was that's what he says. Regular drug bust when they get out. This yeah. is a drug bust. <laughs> this happens every day to him. Um, More or less. <laughs> but but in the end, he is not quite as rigid when it comes to rules and regulations as he was in the beginning. Because he does say that she'll make a fine judge, basically. Yes. Even though she failed. Because he, he saw her judgment on 
uh, Gleason's character for spe- specifically. Yeah, or just as something things, that was. Yeah, the way she handled herself throughout the entire situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there, there are there are actually there are times when not following the rules can be uh, also a good thing can be beneficial. beneficial but also, yes. she uh, she she pointed out and and could execute ways of getting information without having to shoot people. Yeah, doesn't have to get super violent. You can still get the info you need. I mean, sure, she's a mutant. She has the extra ability. But like, if you utilize those kinds of people and those abilities. You don't have to go towards violence every single time. Exactly. Yes. Um, Which is also, I guess, a bit of a of a involvement in the judge system. Yes. That they've they've hired a mutant that can actually help them stop being so violent because goddamn they're violent. And and that's that's the end of the movie. Um, yes. And of course, yeah. Everyone. Oh, we get we do get him walking away into the sunset with really cool music. Yes, that that I guess kind of like main theme. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. The music is amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, but I got like let's talk it because, like we said, not a lot of people watched it, unfortunately. But the people who did, like no. almost everyone, loved it. Um, yeah. And people were like clamoring for a sequel. They wanted to see more more Carl Urban as Judge Dredd. Um, which is understandable because he's a badass character in this movie. Oh yes. Um, and and of, and and it it really also because we we didn't talk about that because this is it is kind of an origin story you know classic origin story for him. We get to know him but through another character. Um, so it works as an origin story, but it it also just works as it's just an action movie. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like, oh, this was the first part of a trilogy, or they're no, trying to set up a franchise. Vacuum. Yeah, it works in a vacuum, exactly. But I'm just thinking of that, having discussed it, and having talked about how 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 the character has made small but very important changes in the end, do you think a sequel could have worked? Because either then you keep making him more and more human... Which eventually will just ruin the character because Judge Dredd is not supposed to be human. That's the whole thing with the comic books. Yeah, he is the law. That's it. Or no, would you then just try to replicate this? Just make it just another day, just another drug bust. But then it would just feel more like a copy of this. I don't. I don't think this movie. First of all, it doesn't need a sequel. It doesn't need a sequel. I don't think a sequel would work that well. I'm thinking of other specifically cop movies like like RoboCop. Yeah, <laughs> same yes. thing there. Doesn't sequels really never work, need yeah. or, or could work with the sequel. To be honest, yeah, no, because this character is is it is character. Even though it's it's very much mission based, it is also character based. Yes, because you have you have the the involvement of Dread, and yes, if you had to do a sequel, he would have to be a little bit more humane. Yeah, probably have Anderson there to like ground him. And it would it would it would dig but into that would more change of his him. backstory. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that's what it's what we want. That's not what the point is. Yeah, it's it's what we want, but it's not really what we want because if we get it, we <laughs> will uh, resent it because it will ruin the character. Yes. So it's like it's it's, like it's the, what we want, but not what we need. Exactly, exactly. It's like Batman. It's, it's the it's yes. not the hero we deserve, but it's the hero we need right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Batman is a bit like that as well, to be honest. 
Yeah, sure. Too many sequels ruin him as well. Yeah, that's why... If they take place over too long of a time span, to be uh, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. That's why we have a, so many reboots of Batman. Yeah, because at some point, you can't really do much more with that character without starting to repeat No, yourself. you kind of need to restart. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, as much as I, I, I would love to see a sequel, at this point, I think it's too late. I mean... First of all, it's too late. It's ten years It's ten years. Later. I mean, you could do it. Sure. An older, even more angrier Carl Urban. Uh, I mean, Judge Dredd. <laughs> uh, um, and maybe you could do it like a revival sequel, but then not try to make it like, oh, start of a franchise. No, 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 no. Just make another movie. But like, if they would have tried to turn this into a franchise, I think it would ultimately been a failure. You know, it would have ruined you know the what character. They, you know what you can do? Get inspired by the character of Dredd. Write an original. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that instead. Because there are so many, like, mega cities, uh, post-apocalyptic, uh, badass cold cop who learns to love humans again, I suppose. There's so many of those. You can just do another one of those. Just don't call it Dread. Maybe lose the helmet. Maybe just make a different helmet. Yeah. You know? Or, but I think also a lot of it is that the character Dread is a, is a fan favorite. Sure, um, sure. But I was going to say, we've mentioned John Wick a couple of times because John Wick really shouldn't have worked as a franchise. But they. Oh, that's true. But they did it because the first movie is all about the myth of, you know, the myth of John Wick. Yes. The Baba Yaga, you know. He's this. Yes. He's this mytho- my- mythic being in, this, in the criminal underworld. This nightmare creature. Yeah. But then in the second and third movie, um, this is. Something once again. When I start making videos again, I need I need to do this video because the second and third. I mean, we'll talk about it more when we finally see the fourth movie, though. Yes. Did you watch the trailer yet? Oh my god! Yes. Yes. Very. I didn't cry like you did, but I I, I get what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I didn't cry over the fourth trailer. I I, I oh, cried over right, the third movie right. trailer. Yeah. Right, anyway, right, anyway, that's anyway. What you said. Um, <laughs> because what's so interesting is that they built this mythical character in John Wick in the first movie. Um, but then in the second and third movie, they showed that he isn't, he is, the Baba Yaga is like, that's, that's a, that is a myth. Like, yes, he, he didn't single-handedly take down the entire Russian mob or whatever it is they talk about in the first movie. He had help everywhere. I mean, in the third movie, he's like desperate to the, to the point where he's like, he's calling him favors everywhere. And to the point where he cuts his own finger off just to not have people on his back anymore. Like, yeah. like them, them to a certain extent, like breaking him down and, and almost making him a pitiful character towards the end of John Wick 3. But at the same time, there is this parallel story where, yeah, we heard all the, the myths of Baba Yaga in the first movie. And then we see that, oh, he's just a human. But during the course of the second and third movie, and I'm guessing it's going to culminate now in the fourth movie... He has actually uh, done all those things that they talked about yes. Baba Yaga doing. So he's it's it's like it's like um, it's like humanizing a myth um, or making a myth human at the same time as it is uh, myth making, because he's becoming Baba Yaga over the course of these movies. I it's it's but genius I, writing once again genius writing yes. for a dumb action movie. I don't think you could do the same with Dread. Exactly, and that's what we get to, because 
fundamentally, he's not supposed to be human. <coughs> yes. John Wick, There's a difference John here. Wick is supposed John to be Wick, human. Yes, that's the thing. You're kind of reversing it in John Wick. You're not... Yes. You start with the legend status, sure. But you kind of quickly get to know that he is just human. We get to see that he is just human. Because the first one is when his dog gets murdered, he, right? Yes. You know, I mean, the movie starts that. with him almost dying. You know, they have that yeah, immediate yeah, yeah. rest beginning. Yeah. Right, yeah. So so you have this, like, you have him, for us, being just a human. But then every time someone else talks about him in the movie, they give him his, this legend status. Yeah. But then, like you said, he still has to, throughout the movies... Prove to the audience that he is the legend that everyone else fears. Yeah. Dread already has this this cold mechanical this is it. Yeah. He's he's reached that top already. Yeah. He is a one note character, which you can yes. you can inject some personality to. But if you do but too much, that will it's ultimately ruin just the... pick him apart. Exactly, exactly. And we don't we don't want uh like deep no. emotional judge dread. That would ruin no. it. No. And that would destroy. That was. That would ruin the aesthetic of the character yes, in the world in exactly. general. That's and it would also ruin the concept. Yes, because the concept is that we have these extremes, and if if you make dread emotional, he's not extreme anymore. Yeah, and that's why most of the comics, at least you know the earlier ones, I haven't read. I don't know how. If I don't know if it's still going on actually, or if they if they ended it or something. But you know, in the early in the early uh, issues that I've read. Every every issue is just, you know, oh, it's just another day at the job, you know. Oh, he's chasing down these criminals or, you know, he's doing a drug bust or, you know, whatever. Yes. It's never these, like, big revelations or anything. No. Um, uh, and, and the way you can see it in this movie, it's it's not until he gets introduced to Anderson that he starts having some sort of exactly. softening and then to it, him. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's very, very small then. Yes. So if you made a sequel, like... You could, you could, <laughs> you could, you uh, could, you could, you could focus on Judge Anderson and have, have uh, Dread be like a side character, but then, yeah, but then I also, I like, but then you'd lose the name recognition, sort of. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, even though he's there, you couldn't call the movie Dread. You'd have to call it Judge Anderson, yeah, I suppose. Or try to call it something else, you know, Mega City, yeah, or something, whatever. Mega crime. I guess you could. I guess you could call it um, um, 2080, but then no one would go see it. <laughs> exactly, other because no one's the... gonna. Other than the comic book nerds, and there aren't no enough one's of those. Know what yeah. that is? No, no. yeah, <laughs> not anymore. And then also, like, say you know, you do a Judge Anderson movie, um, and the way you like introduce Dread is that he needs to save her or something. Like, then it feels like then it, it that also goes away from the dread formula like it's just another day at the job if it becomes this special story which is what ruins judge dread just to quickly talk about it again once again we'll talk more about that in the Patreon yes cuz i don't know if i've seen it to be honest I'm, i don't think you if have i have it. it's ages ago yeah I, I haven't seen it in over 10 years um, cause that movie's all about, it's, it's not just another day at the job. It is this, this special story where Judge Dredd gets exiled and he's, you know, he's not a cop anymore. You know, it's a class, it's a classic, like, well, it has to be special cause it's a movie, but that means we're ruining the character from the comic books. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I I just oh. found a weird note on the on the wiki oh? that apparently the Judge Red comics kind of foreshadowed uh the COVID outbreak, the pandemic. Yeah. 
Not foreshadowed. Uh, what's it called? You know, when they predicted. Predict. Predicted, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find where, but I, I don't know. Well, there's, yeah, there's a, uh, I mean, it is just, I mean, as much as we saw this as like this, this huge, like, crisis and everything, it is just another pandemic. We've had them before. Yeah. Um, yeah. They usually pan out <laughs> the same way. Like, I mean, fucking Black Plague, Spanish Flu. It's just we haven't really it's had It's just a we haven't had something like times. this. Yeah. yeah, in modern times. Exactly. Where, where media can propel it the way exactly. it has. Because, you know, there's a... Uh, I don't remember the the name of the episode, but there's a Simpsons episode, which not only predicts COVID, um, it predicted that that Donald Trump would be president during the COVID yes. pandemic. Yes, uh, I think it's March goes to jail. I think there's a I don't remember there's a wonderful one. Red Letter Media uh, video about it. So just look up Red Letter <laughs> Media Simpsons, I suppose. Um, but yeah, of course, yeah, like. If you have any knowledge of, of pandemics, you can you can you can you can predict any yeah. future pandemic. Really, it's not that hard. No, but I mean, was there anything specific like about no, the virus? No, I could find it was oh, okay. Too much text. I didn't I didn't want to read it all. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the wiki. You can find the links. Just yeah. you know, Google it. Yeah, if you're interested. But I think we should but. start wrapping it up there because now we, yes. we we talked about all the important stuff. Um, we, we talked about how it is, how it is it, like really. If if it hadn't been such a flop, unfortunately, it was a flop, even though it's a great movie. I think this would have been the start of the you know the modern action movie, and not John Wick. John Wick would perhaps, have just been you know another copycat, so to speak. Yeah, and perhaps it would have changed how action in general would have been done, and yeah, you know, in an alternate timeline, we wouldn't have had Marvel. But I don't know. Well, Marvel had already started at that point. I mean, they released the first Avengers movie the same year as this. Yeah, that's true. But maybe it hadn't. Maybe it wouldn't have spiraled out as much as it has. Yeah. Maybe we would have gone towards a darker path with more blood and gore, and I actually would have enjoyed them. Yeah, it's it's that that's that was something I was thinking about when everyone was so up in arms over the Logan movie, which once again, because pe- yeah. people saw it as oh, it's different. It's more. It's gritty. It's it's more violent. I mean, it's, it's R rated. Ooh. Um. <laughs> But it was just like people forgot that I barely remember that movie to be honest. Yeah, because in essence, the only reason people thought that movie was good it was because yeah, it's better than the regular Marvel movies, but that doesn't make it a good movie. Exactly. It's pretty damn basic. Sorry. I said this way back when it came out as well. I haven't changed my mind on yeah. it. Yeah. Um to all you Logan fans. Like, yeah, we already <laughs> had that kind of we had that kind of comic book movie. We had that in Dread. Like, more Which violence, better. more adults. Yeah, it's better. Because um, it did something different. It wasn't just, oh, it's 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 a lone cowboy, the lone samurai, but he has adamantium claws. No, this was different. But yeah, it got, over, yes. it got overshadowed by the Marvel Beast. Um, Probably, inclu- Including yeah. Logan, then. And it, it's It's sad. Because we could have had, but like we said, it's also a bit of a blessing and a curse. Because if 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 things had happened differently, perhaps dread would have been ruined as well. Yes, that's of, just uh, the way uh, of the world. Uh, of course, I mean that's 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 humanity in essence. We ruin things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's it. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Like eventually, we ruin it. So. I'd recommend you go back. You go back in time. That's not what you don't need to go back I in wish. time. But you go back and watch this. Yes, 
Check out Dread. Even though it's 10 years old by now, check it out if you haven't. And even if you have, go back and watch it again. And we didn't and talk about this because realize, it's, you know. it's not super important. But if you can watch it in 3D, do. Oh, yeah. Because it's one, yeah. Of the, it's one of very few movies that was actually shot in 3D. So the scenes, yes. the scenes are compositioned or composed for 3D shots, which makes it look good in 3D, and it's not just this yes. this thing they put on afterwards. It's like it, it's like it Avatar, looks good you know? without 3D as well. Oh, sure. It has the shiny and the colors, and it looks cool. Yes, but I remember that just popping. Oh yes, it has. <laughs> when I, you had 3D, the 3D effects Oof. are amazing in this movie. Very, if very, you manage to do that, definitely, yes. Yeah, very few movies manage to do that because so many movies, the 3D was always an afterthought. But you had Avatar, yeah. you had, once again, a guilty pleasure, you had Resident Evil, um, uh, what's it yes. called? Afterlife, the fourth one. Oh my one. god, yes. Yeah. And then you had this, which, like, they were actually thought with 3D in mind, so it looked cool. And the, the Oz, right? The yes! I'm pretty sure that was shot with 3D in mind. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. Good looking. Movie. Same, same era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So check, check Dread yes. out. Um, we need to check out the Patreon for our Judge Dread episode. Uh, yes, which comes out on Monday, I think. Yes, we're gonna talk about the 1995 uh, Sylvester Stallone debacle, which is Judge Dread. Um, yes, that, that could be quite an interesting episode. So yeah, check us out. And in general, stay tuned for future future episodes. We'll, we have all of November and December planned out to finish the year off strong, hopefully. Yes, yes. So thank you so much <laughs> for listening. And once again, patreon.com slash don'tmakeascene. But we'll see you in the next episode. And until then, have a good one. Bye. The Spoiler Cast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is hosted by Tobias Vedin and Rebecca Vedin. Produced and directed by Tobias Vedin. Executive producer is Annika Vedin and Laura Kinney. Also a huge shout out to all our patrons. Laura Kinney, Mom, Dad, Mom and Mac. If you want to join our Patreon, check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Get exclusive episodes, commentary tracks and much, much more. Support independent podcasting.